0: Come on, Go Church. How you feel today? You look fantastic. Everybody good? Come on, you love Jesus? Come on, you're glad to be here? Glad to be alive? Come on. It's such an incredible honor to see all of you today uh, sitting in this room. You're at our South Metro Atlantic campus, our broadcast campus, and so it is really a privilege to greet you today. I know you've been greeted a few times in the room, but... I just want to tell you how much I love you and so glad to see you. And then, of course, all of our gatherings are live-streamed from this room to our Germantown Maryland campus family, and so we welcome everybody in Germantown, and then our online campus family. So for those of you in the room, come on, can you put your hands together, welcome your online campus fam, come on, your Germantown campus family, let them hear you a little bit louder. Come on, there we go. Love all of you, glad you're here today. And Got a great team at Germantown and online, so if you need anything, you let us know, and We'll be glad to be available for you. And then we've got this weekly tradition where we always give honor to the brave men and women that serve in our military, thankful for our armed forces, and then all of those brave first responders that continue to put their life on the line to serve and protect our community and our country. So of all of the applause of appreciation for a group of individuals, I think these people deserve the highest applause of appreciation. So can we honor those military men and women? Come on, can we honor those first responders? I love that. I love it. And uh, we're in week number three of this series called Spiritus Sanctus, a five-week series on the Holy Spirit. And I've showed you this the last couple of weeks, but the five weeks are as follows. We kicked off the whole series talking about the person of the Holy Spirit. Last Sunday, we talked about the power of the Holy Spirit. Today, we're going to talk about the baptism of the Spirit. And then we'll conclude the series over the next couple of Sundays by talking about the gifts of the Spirit and then the fruit of the Spirit. So I want to encourage you, whether you're in this room or you're in Germantown or online, get something to take some notes with. As a matter of fact, uh, we beginning this week, we provided for you in the seat back a little sermon note card. So this is a note-taking church. So uh, this is a gift for you. So at both of our campuses, you can access that. Um, I don't think we put many pins out because of COVID and cleanliness and all of that, but maybe you've got some lipstick or mascara. Come on, ladies. And- But access that sermon note card, it's a great way just to kind of continue to journal and keep some notes, and I encourage you to participate that way, or maybe you've got another method of note-taking if you want to use your, you know, smartphone application or whatnot. But before we jump into this message, I want to pray for you, and I'm going to ask for you to return that favor and pray for me, Um, and we'll invite the Holy Spirit here, that God would give us clarity of mind and thought, that He would remove all distraction. Come on, it's it's been a busy week. A moment ago, I told the Lord on the way, I said, this has been a busy week, but it's been a good week, but a busy week. So let me pray for you and you pray for me. Father, today, I thank you for life that we find in you. And I thank you that what we do today by gathering together, there is a promise and the promise is that you'll show up. And that's our prayer too, because if you don't show up, then this is nothing more than a country club of people getting together to fellowship. But when you show up, This becomes a place of transformation. And so God, at all of our campuses today, we invite you, the Holy Spirit, uh, to do a work in us. I pray today for me. I need strength and clarity of thinking and speech. Uh, I feel a little anxiety today, not in a negative way, but I just believe that the Holy Spirit is wanting to do something in the lives of of his children. And so I pray that today, God, that I would be a mouthpiece, um, that the words that you've prepared in my heart to speak, that they would be Spirit-led and Spirit-empowered, and uh, that for those that are sitting here today, that this wouldn't just be about how I say what I'm saying, but more importantly, what is the Holy Spirit saying? And so speak to us. Speak to our hearts today, and I pray that when we leave, we're all better and forever changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your grace, and together, everybody said amen. Come on, let's let's give the Lord the highest praise. Can we do that? Come on. Come on, clap like you love them. Come on. There we go. Fantastic. All right, so we're talking today about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to do a little bit more teaching today, uh, a little bit more preaching last Sunday, probably a little bit more teaching today. But I want to share with you this thought on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'll start with, and again, write this down. We get our English word baptism from the Greek word baptizo, baptizo. And I'll I'll tell you a little bit more about this word baptizo here, but let me start with the very definition of it. There is a definition of this word, but there's an actual process to this word as well. The definition means to literally immerse or be submerged. The perfect illustration of this definition and then the process, some of you are going to love this, some of you are not going to love this, but whenever I think of baptizo, I think of pickles. Come on now. Uh, my father-in-law says the worst thing you can do to a cucumber is turn it into a pickle. Come on. Um, I'm not a big pickle fan either, but where where are all my pickle lovers at? Come on, let me see. You gotta have pickles like, on everything. You know, some of you ladies that were pregnant in the past, you know, you craved pickles and ice cream or whatever it is, that crazy thought. Now I'm not a big fan of pickles. I, I can live without pickles. But pickles illustrates to us the entire process of baptizo, to be submerged or immersed. So in order for the process of a cucumber to become a pickle, you wouldn't dip a cucumber in vinegar or brine, but you would soak it. And in that soaking, in that baptizo, this is what they called it thousands of years ago, in this baptizo process of submerging or immersing the cucumber in the vinegar or the brine, the process then, listen to me, would transform the cucumber into something brand new, into something different. And that's the, that's the entire heart of God. God wants you to go all in. God wants you to become pickles. Come on, somebody. Like God, God just wants you to go all in. He doesn't want you to just to put your toe in the things of God or to go ankle deep in the things of God or to even go knee deep. He says, I want you to be immersed or submerged in all of me. Does that make sense? And God God illustrates this so well throughout your spiritual journey. And when you read the Bible from the book of Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, all the way to the last book of the Bible, which is the book of Revelation, you will learn and see that there is not just one baptism, but there are multiple baptism experiences that God invites you into so that you can experience baptizo so that you can experience a complete immersion into God or a complete submerge into the things of God. Write this down. There are three baptisms that I want to show you that God invites every single one of us to participate into on our spiritual journey. The first one here is the baptism into the body of Christ. The baptism into the body of Christ. If you're taking notes today, you can write right next to this thought This thought is centered around salvation, to give your heart to the Lord, to be baptized or immersed into an all-in relationship with God. This salvation experience, listen to me for a moment, this is not a part-time thing. This is not a when I feel like it thing or when it fits my schedule kind of thing. No, God says, I want to baptizo you into the body of Christ I want want you to experience salvation, to go all in, come on, where it's you're almost in over your head, if you will. This isn't a and I'll I'll be careful here because we're still, you know, fighting through this COVID season, but this is not the day that you decide to go to church or become a member of a church. We'll talk a little bit more about church experience here in a moment, but this is the day that you confess your sins, you repent of your sins. You invite Jesus Christ to live in your heart, and now you're going to be baptized into the body of Christ, into a relationship with Jesus, and into his church. Can I tell you how much God loves his church? So much that he sent his son Jesus to die for her. And I just want, again, this is where I want to caution with a little bit of understanding behind my heart here, but I know that we're living in the days of COVID and things are kind of getting back to a new normal, but... I worry about a spiritual apathy that's sweeping across our nation. I'm not against wisdom. Listen, social distance, wear your mask when necessary, you know, protect you and your family. But I wrestle with how, oh Jesus, can I just say it? Is that all right? I wrestle with how like we're vacationing and we're eating out and I see you in the grocery store, but then it's like, well, I'm not gonna go to church. Listen, Christ died for the church and to be baptisto into the body of Christ is, yes, use wisdom, walk with wisdom, but don't forget the assembling of the saints. There is power in community. Can I get an amen from somebody? There's power in corporate worship. Again, use wisdom. Is everybody understanding what I'm saying? But wisdom is not quarantining from only church. Thank you. I just I felt good to say it. There's not, listen, at all of our campuses, there's not a cleaner building in the community. I mean, you could literally lick the seat you're sitting in. I wouldn't (laughs) encourage that, but you could. (laughs) To go all in to be baptizo is the first baptism is uh, an all-in relationship with God. Not part-time, not half-time, not a little bit, all the way. All the way, sold out on fire. Let me show you this a couple of places in Scripture. Paul writes to the church at Corinth, and this is what he says, for we are all... Baptized by one Spirit into one body. What he's talking about here is salvation. That because of the Holy Spirit that draws us to conviction, we can be baptized into one body, the family of God. Listen to me, this is the family of God, and we've got our dysfunction. Come on, but we are the family of God, and we are better together. We're better together. Uh, the church of Galatia. He says this, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. He's preaching the gospel, talking about salvation. And he says, for all of you who were baptized into Christ, you have now clothed yourself with Christ. He's talking about the baptism into the body of Christ. Salvation and into the church. So let me ask you two questions here around this uh, idea of the first baptism, being baptized into the body of Christ. How immersed are you in your relationship with Jesus? How, How submerged are you in your relationship with Jesus? Again, just get the imagery of that process of baptizo with the cucumber becoming a pickle. Where are you? Just a little bit in or are you all the way in? And can I tell you that seasons can challenge our faith at times, and you may be feeling more spiritually healthy today or more spiritually unhealthy today? But can I tell you that all you have to do is say the name Jesus? Come on, church. And He's just as close as the very mention of His name. But how immersed are you in your relationship with Jesus? And then the second question is equally as important How immersed are you in your relationship with His church? There is something powerful about the ecclesia the gathering of people the church is not the building the church is the people the family of God and through 2020 and the challenges that you've experienced I pray that God has revealed to you even on a greater level the importance of being immersed in a relationship with his bride the church of Jesus Christ can I get a good amen come on all right so that's the first baptism It's the baptism into the body of Christ here's the second baptism and many of you understand this one, it's water baptism. I went to lunch with a friend of mine about a year ago, well, maybe a little more than a year ago. Uh, This was pre-COVID, which by the way, I think that this is about the week last year that our whole world changed. It's been the longest, shortest year ever. So pre-COVID, I went to lunch with a friend of mine and he invited me to go and you know, I figured if he's paying, I'm in. Come on, somebody, where am I, where am I, if it's free, it's for me, people. Come on, let me see your hand. Are you paying, I'm in. And uh, so we're sitting down and said, Hey, I got a question. I've been checking out the church, I got a question. He says, Why do you guys advertise water baptism? And I was like, Well, what do you mean? He's like, What other baptism is there? And man, it just I wasn't frustrated, it didn't bother me. I thought, wow. What, what a great question, because so many people aren't taught any other types of baptisms. And he's thinking, and I think he even said to me, he's like, obviously it's water baptism, and what else would you be baptized in? And I was like, well, let me tell you about something. Come on, somebody. But this is the process of water baptism. So whenever, whenever you get saved, you confess your sins, you invite Jesus Christ into your heart, your very next step as a believer is to be baptized in water. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of challenge some of our doctrine and theology, depending on your church history here, but just lean in for a second. I do not believe that you need to be baptized in water in order for you to be saved. I don't believe that, and here's why. Because if that was the process, then we would have to believe that you had a part to do in this free gift of salvation, and your works cannot save you. You cannot work or earn your salvation. Salvation is free, and Jesus did all the work. Give me 50 people that would say amen to that. Jesus died on the cross so that anyone that would believe in him, that they would have eternal everlasting life. So water baptism is not a matter of your salvation, but water baptism is critical in the declaration of your commitment to saying, I am a son of Jesus Christ, or I am a daughter of Jesus Christ. I'm going public with my faith. So here's what water baptism is. It is an outward expression of an inward decision. It's declaring to the whole world, I'm all in with Jesus. I, I literally, think about it, I am going all in. Which, by the way, I'm so glad that when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't go halfway. That when they buried him in that tomb, he didn't go halfway. He went all in. And so the imagery of water baptism is the old you is being buried in a watery grave. And when you come up out of that watery grave, you are a new person. You have declared to the world about this outward expression of this inward decision. And this is important because some churches, uh, some denominations, some teachers, they will manipulate the process of water baptism. Uh, There are churches that will actually charge you financially to be baptized in water. What is that? Uh, Some pastors will teach you that when you get baptized, you better be baptized in the name of Jesus only. Or when you get baptized, you better be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As if on the day that you meet Christ, the Lord will say, hey, I want to let you in. But that pastor, however many years ago, he just messed up the wording. So I can't let you into heaven. It doesn't work like that. As a matter of fact, the day that Kimberly and I got married, this will be seven. Come on, somebody. Somebody. She was glowing then, she's glowing now. Kimberly and I had a small disagreement yesterday. Someone's gonna try and win a little brownie points. Come on, come on, husbands, where are you at? Throw, throw, me, throw me a lifeline here, all right? So, when we got married 17 years ago of this year, two things happened. Number one, we exchanged vows. I, I've officiated quite a few ceremonies. I, I don't know if I've ever heard wrong vows. I've heard some, yeah, you better hold on to what you just said right there, young man. But I've never heard wrong vows. A vow is just a commitment to that spouse. And so when you get baptized in water, it's just a vow. Don't get hung up on the language and the vocabulary. So at Go Church, when we baptize you, here's how we baptize you. In the name of the Father who loves you. In the name of the Son who gave his life for you. In the name of the Holy Spirit that lives within you. Come on, can I get an amen like... It's not about the words. It's about the expression, the outward expression. So we exchange vows. And, you know, I, I remember every vow that I said that day. Kimberly's still learning to remember that commitment. But the other thing we did is we exchanged wedding rings or wedding bands. And I use this almost every water baptism. This ring does not make me married to Kimberly. This, I, I could take this ring off. I won't. But I could take this ring off and I would still be married to her. She could take her ring off. And she would still be married to me. The wedding ring, the wedding band, is not what makes us married. What the wedding ring signifies is to every man, she's off the market. Come on, somebody. And to every woman, you can't touch this. <laughs> right? That's what the wedding ring says, is that we're off limits. This is a public or outward expression of this inward decision. We had a ceremony to mark the day that we're going to get married. We're going to move forward in our relationship with one another. Does that make sense? And that's what water baptism is. It's a ceremony, an outward expression of this inward decision. Let me show you this in Scripture here. In the book of Acts, Luke says this, those who accepted his message, the salvation, right? They said yes to the message. Then what? They were baptized. Almost 30 times in the New Testament, you'll see where the message of Jesus, the gospel was preached People confessed their sins. They said yes to Jesus, and immediately they were baptized in water. They said yes, and then they went public. Why is that important? Here it is. Matthew 10 says it this way. It's Jesus. He says, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge him before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before men, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. Now, again, water baptism does not make you saved But are you really saved if you're not willing to tell the whole world? He says, are you willing to go public? Are you willing to tell everybody? I'm married to Christ. I'm all in with Christ. I'm emerged or submerged, immersed or submerged in the things of God. And it is not the old JC that lives any longer. I'm a a new man. I'm a new person for you ladies you're a new woman in Christ, and you want to you exemplify that to the whole world. So uh, I don't have time to really dive into all of the details, but we're going to do water baptism on the first Wednesday of April. It's the very next Wednesday after Easter. And we've had hundreds of people that have said yes to Jesus over the last few months, and I anticipate that between now and Easter Sunday we'll have quite a few more. So that next step for you is to go public, to invite your family, to invite your friends to the ceremony of this outward expression of this inward decision. Can I get an amen? Come on. Now let's do this. Uh, For those of you that are in the room, you've asked Christ into your heart, you've been baptized. I'm gonna gonna count to three. I'll let you do it. But will you put your hands together and applaud to encourage all of those that need to take this next step? Ready? One, two, three. Come on. There we go. Come on. Baptized into the body of Christ. The second baptism is baptism in water. And then here it is. We'll spend the next 20. 25 minutes here. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let me teach this to you for a moment. Again, this is my theology. I would encourage you to read and to study and to learn on your own. We can learn together. I don't have all of the answers. I am a continual student of the Word of God. I'm trying to present to you messages week after week from a place of conviction and study and making sure that I'm not preaching or teaching any type of hypocrisy. But I've said this repeatedly. It's not my job to try to protect you from parts of the Bible as if I'm worried that you might be exposed to something that would do you harm. If it's in the Word of God, it's for us in a way that would encourage us to bring us to life in Him. And Again, I don't pastor any other church but this church, but too many churches are not talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Here's my conviction. Here's my belief. The only way that you can ever experience that first baptism, okay, is through the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. It is the person of God, the Holy Spirit of God that draws us to this place of conviction. So I believe that on the day that you say yes to Jesus, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. However, there is a difference, and we talked about this last Sunday, how all of us are pre-wired with power. Can I get an amen? If you missed it, you need to go back and listen. So on the day of your salvation, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, but there is a difference between the inflow of the Holy Spirit and the outflow of the Holy Spirit. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is God is wanting to get out of you what he put in you so the whole world can be transformed. Does that make sense? All right, let me give you, let me give you a, a, a chapter here, number 8, in the book of Acts that shows you all three of these baptisms. Does that make sense? Uh, pick up in Acts chapter number 8. Let's start in verse number 5. Watch what's happening here. Philip goes down to the city of Samaria, and he begins to preach. He begins to tell people who don't know Jesus about uh, this, this Messiah that came to rescue us from our sins, and he begins to proclaim Christ to them. And watch this. And when they believed, When they accepted, and I added that there because I wanted you to see, that is the first baptism. When they said yes, they are now baptized into one body. When they believed, Philip's preaching about the good news. There it is, the first baptism, and he's preaching about the kingdom of God. He's preaching about the name of Jesus Christ. And can I tell you that there is no more powerful name than the name of Jesus At the name of, I'm going to preach this for about 10 seconds. At the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue will confess. Come on. At the name of Jesus, all of hell begins to tremble. There is power in the name of Jesus. In the darkest moment of your life, all you have to do, if you can't muster up any other word, just cry out Jesus. Come on. Let's try that on the count of three. One, two, three. Jesus. He's telling them about the name of Jesus. And watch. They accepted Jesus. They were baptized into one body. And then they were baptized in water, both men and women alike. Baptism one, baptism two. If you're with me, say I'm with you. Okay, hang in there, okay? Try to give you some thoughts here to consider. Then, skip with me to verse 14. Then, when the apostles who were in a different city, a different place, these guys are in Jerusalem, they hear about the revival in Samaria this outbreak where people are getting saved and they're getting baptized in water, that they have accepted the word of God. So who did they send to them? They sent them Peter and John. Now I want you to see why they sent Peter and John. So when Peter and John arrives, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? You're tracking with this? And here's why, verse number 16, because the Holy Spirit had not yet been poured out on any of them. The Holy Spirit is on the inside, but there is a separate experience. Just like uh, being baptized in the body of Christ is an experience, just like water baptism is an experience, Peter and John goes to the people and prays for them that the Holy Spirit would come upon them, and they had simply been baptized because they had simply been baptized in the name of, Of the Lord Jesus. And I love verse 17. It's the last verse of this particular section. And Peter and John place their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. And let me show you these three baptisms real quick. Baptism one, it's eternal. God, God wants to rescue you and I because we can't save ourselves. So God sends us Jesus. I don't ever want to stop preaching about the cross. And when, when Jesus was on the cross, he had you in his mind. Every ounce of blood that was shed on that cross, he did it for you, for the forgiveness of your sins and for my sins. This baptism is strictly eternal. It's so that once we're baptized into this body, our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And let me tell you two things. Number one, you'll never get into heaven if you don't accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what culture says. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. What the book says is that your name has to be written in the Lamb's book of life. And the only way to get your name written in that book is to deny yourself and accept Jesus Christ as Lord. There is no other way. And I'm not trying to be critical of Oprah or any other, anybody else or Tom Cruise with his approach to Scientology. But those ways will not lead you to God. There is only one way, and it's through the precious blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross at Calvary. No man comes to the Father but by me, says the Lord. You have to say yes to Jesus, but that is eternal. That's the first thought. The second thought is you'll never experience any other baptism until you first experience this baptism. So the baptism of salvation, the baptism into the body of Christ, is the only way you get the other baptisms. Now, the second baptism, this water baptism, it's strictly external. It's to show the world. We talked about that, that you're in a committed relationship to Jesus, that you don't have a side chick. Come on, somebody. That you're not cheating on Jesus. That you're committed, you're all in, you're baptizo. You have immersed yourself, submerged yourself, and the illustration, again, is that watery grave to show the world, I am going under, and I am coming up, and I am a new person. But then this third baptism, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, is earthly. And here's what I mean by that. God has created you on purpose and for purpose. And that purpose is not for you to make a lot of money, buy a nice house, and drive a nice car. Those things have their right place in their right time. The purpose of your life. And do you ever think, like, why am I alive today? Because for such a time as this, God anointed you and appointed you to preach good news to be the hands and feet of Jesus extended, to go therefore and make disciples of all nations. And the only way that you can accomplish the mission of your life, the purpose of your life is to be filled with the power that is far greater than your natural power. Give me an amen, somebody. Does that make sense? We talked about that last Sunday. God's plan for your life, you cannot accomplish on your own strength. You need a greater power. You need a power that is far greater than your own so that you can accomplish the mission. And again, I, this sounds a little redundant, but that's because it is. First baptism, its own experience. I'll never forget the day that I got saved. And there are times I go back to that moment and the purity of that moment and the rawness of that moment. Man, when I got saved, I, like I went radical for Jesus. When I mean, you're talking to a guy that was lost in this world, living for the world, and then, and then I met Jesus, and Jesus, He changed everything. Literally, Jesus flipped the script of my life, and then I went all in. Like I just, I'd tell anybody and everybody about the love of Jesus. I mean, I remember, I remember one time I'm gonna take some of y'all back. I was in a Kmart. Come on, somebody. I was in a Kmart, and I'm walking down the aisle, and I just, I felt like this whole store needs to know that Jesus loves them. So I picked up the interphone. <laughs> Attention, Kmart shoppers. I'm, I'm dead serious. Jesus loves you, and if you want him, I'm on aisle number five. I prayed for like one person, but come on, somebody. There was one. I was on fire for the Lord. And take me back to those days. That experience. i got to move on, but let me give you this thought. Stop churching up your salvation experience. Go back to how lost you were and broken you were, but there is a love. This morning, my mom prayed for me. She prays for me every Sunday morning before I preach. And she prayed this prayer, and I thought, man, that is so good. She said, God, thank you for loving us when we aren't lovely. That was me yesterday. And He loves me anyway. Don't ever lose sight of the fact that God loves us in spite of us. Come on, does that make sense? This is that that own experience. And I remember the the day that I got baptized. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I've been saved uh, 1999, so 20-something years at this point. I've been baptized three times. Come on, somebody. I just felt like, J.C., get under the water again. So not long after I got saved, I got baptized, and then there was another. And I want to get baptized. My father-in-law baptized me one time. That was not my own desire. He just, okay, we're at the beach, and he held me underwater, and I couldn't breathe. And then he let me in. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just baptizing you, you know? And I was like, that didn't feel like a water baptism, he was like, hey, call it what you want, all right? No, but he baptized me one time. I hope, to, I hope to go to the Holy Land and be baptized in the Jordan River. You know, like, you don't have to keep getting baptized, but the point is this. I remember those experiences of this refreshing and this renewal, and then I remember being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I remember the day that, that and some of you can ask, well, how do I know? you know. You'll know. I remember the day that this power, this fire from heaven, came into my life, and and I feel like now, like only because of the power of the Holy Spirit, what God has done in my life and through my life, the old JC could never accomplish any of that. And yet, and think about the disciples—a bunch of ordinary, cowardly men—and yet, when filled with the Spirit of God, we talked about this a month ago. But you have Simon Peter, that was such a coward. He denied Christ to a little teenage girl. But when he was filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now he's preaching on the day of Pentecost. How does that happen in 50 days? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is a separate experience as well. Again, salvation is a part of the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, but there's a difference of the inflow, that pre-wiring versus the outflow. God wants to get out of you what he put in you. This is a great place to pause. Come on and give the Holy Spirit some praise. Come on. All right? Everybody good? Even if you're not good, just pretend. Come on. You can ask for forgiveness later. Let me show you two stories here. Two different accounts of the exact same story. One with a little bit of detail. The second story, same story with a lot more detail. Same story, two different locations, two different Perspectives. While they were still talking about this, this is the disciples. Jesus himself stood among them and said, Peace be with you. in In the other story, that's the same story, you'll see why peace be with you is a little bit comical, but I'll show you this. Then Jesus said, This: I am going to send you what my father has promised. Again, He's talking about the Holy Spirit. There is the gift of salvation, but the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then he says this, and I want you to see the emphasis on this preposition until. He says, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. You got that? Same story, different location. Watch the details of this one. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. This is Jesus. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Here it is, watch. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised. So they're eating together. The disciples are together. They're eating. In John chapter number 19 or chapter number 20, the story, same story in another account, says that they had locked themselves in their house because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And then Jesus, so the door is locked, and then Jesus, go back to the first one, Luke, stood among them. He literally walked through the wall. So that's why it's comical when he says, peace be with you, because if you were in your house and you had your door locked, and then Jesus was like, you would need him to say, peace be with you. So now he's eating with them, he walked, he's literally popping through walls, He's eating with them, and he says, don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my Father has promised, which you heard me speak about. Here's the final verse here of this one. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I hope that I'm doing a decent job of explaining these baptisms. That there is a separate experience and opportunity for all of them. And at the end of the day, God just wants you to go all in. I don't want to get ahead of myself because I want to save a particular thought for the end of the message. But if there is another gift that God has for me, I want all of it my my kids are 11 and my daughter will, my son's 11 my daughter will be 6 here in a few weeks i know exactly what's going to happen at her birthday party she's going to get some gifts and my my kids are spoiled come on now your kids are spoiled too that's just part of it you know i've told you this before sometimes i just tell my kids no cuz they haven't heard it in a while come on now the other day the ice cream truck was running by driving by and they're like can we get ice cream i was like nope I'm just kidding. We got on my stream. I'm not that mean. Some of you are like, man, this guy. But our kids are spoiled. I know what's going to happen at her birthday. We're going to give all these gifts, and my little girl's going to say, is there any more? <laughs> that's how I am with the Lord, and I hope that's how you are. Like, God, if there's another gift, like, I want all of it. And th- there are gifts that God makes available. Why stop at just the gift of salvation? So here's, here's four thoughts that I want to give you on experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it starts with this one. You have to remove all barriers. Oh, I wish, come on. um, I don't know, I can't recall the exact scripture, scripture reference, but in Acts, it tells us that if you repent of your sins and you are baptized, then you can receive the Holy Spirit. So when I think of removing all barriers, I think of the need to repent. So one barrier of experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit is sin. We got to repent of our sin. That's okay, God. Rid me of all this junk. Get rid of, of all the sin in my life. But sometimes sin's not the only barrier. I'll tell you what else can be there. Fear. This is a big one. So many people are afraid of this particular experience that, well, I just... Don't let fear be a barrier between you and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. theres I've told you this repeatedly through the series. Nothing weird, nothing scary about the Holy Spirit. Don't let one of uh, the descriptions of the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, scare you. There's nothing scary about the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, here, here's another one. Don't let your lack of knowledge be a barrier. I think we say, well, I don't, I don't know, so I'll just, okay, well, will Learn. This five-week series is not enough. Listen, listen to some podcasts. Get on YouTube. Buy you some books on Amazon. Scripture says, study to show thyself approved. So don't let lack of understanding and lack of knowledge around the person and the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit be like, well, I don't know. Let's learn together. Uh, Here's another one. Church baggage or church hurt. I know some people that you've been in environments where the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit was abused. And so you're like, I don't want anything to, to do with that ever again. So that's a barrier. And I, I mean, I, I apologize for churches and pastors that abuse the power and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but that, that doesn't mean that you should turn away from him. That's, that's like, I always am a little dumbfounded when people say, well, I don't go to church, why? Well, because a bunch of hypocrites. I always tell people, not at Go Church. We're, we're not full of hypocrites because we always got room for one more. Come on, somebody. like I always got room for one more hypocrite. My, my relationship with Christ is not based upon your behavior. Does that make sense? So don't let church hurt or church baggage be a barrier. You gotta tear down some walls. The second thing you have to do to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit is request this gift. This is opening up your heart. Opening up your mind. Here's one. Opening up your mouth and saying, Lord, if you've got this gift for me, I want it. I want all good gifts that come from you. Does that make sense? I told you a little story about my daughter wanting gifts, but my mother-in-law, she's, she is the, just a great gift giver. And early on in my marriage with Kimberly, she would say, hey, Christmas is coming. What gift do you want? I was like, I don't know. And so if I didn't tell her, she'd buy whatever gift she thought that I wanted. And then I learned real quick, any way we cut it, I'm gonna get a gift at Christmas. I might as well get the gift that I want. Can I get a witness from anybody? So now I start early on submitting my gift list to my mother-in-law, which I'm already, I know it's only March, but I'm working on my Christmas gift list. The same thing with God. Say, God, I want this gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Open up your mouth, open up your heart, Open up your mind and declare it. Say, God, if there is a gift for me, I want it. Then you have to receive him by faith. Hebrews says this, without faith, it is impossible to please him. Every step you take with God is a step of faith. Salvation, step of faith. Water baptism, step of faith. Mission strip, step of faith. Tithing, step of faith. Serving, step of faith. You name it. The same is true with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You receive him by faith. Faith in all of your study and all of your comprehension and all of your education and all of your pursuit to figure this out, you'll never fully know. Because if you, if you knew it all, you'll never need faith. So you have to understand enough to say, there are some things I'll never fully understand, so I'll let faith fill in the gap. That's really good, by the way. So you gotta receive him by faith, and then you have to relate to him every single day. I think for most believers, we do a really good job of connecting with God the Father and God the Son. But relate to God the Holy Spirit every single day, praying, studying. At both of our campuses, yesterday was our first Saturday prayer gathering and our campus pastors talked about the discipline of meditation. You you meditate on the Holy Spirit. You think on the Holy Spirit. You connect to the person of the Holy Spirit. This is, this is like any relationship you have on this earth. You should be connecting and relating every single day. And I think if you take these steps of removing the barriers, requesting the gift, receiving him by faith, relating to him every day, you'll position yourself in a way to be a recipient of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. COVID has created some Unique challenges for all of us, but one of those ways is I'd love to lay hands on you and pray for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But here's what I know if you will carve out some intentional time to take these necessary steps, God will meet you wherever you are. And I've been praying all week leading up to this message that for those that want to be filled with the power, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, God will show up in your house, God will show up in your car. The Holy Spirit will show up in your work. Come on. Come on, students. The Holy Spirit will show up in your class, in your hallways. If you say, fill me up, God, the Holy Spirit will move on you and you can have this experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay, one final thought. I've shared this verse in different seasons in the past. It's this incredible Old Testament prophecy that I think just really can identify where you might be in your spiritual journey. Are you ready? I want to show it to you. It's Ezekiel chapter number 47. It's the final verse of the day. It's Old Testament prophecy. And don't say it out loud, but in your heart, where are you in your journey? He's measuring out basically the spiritual depthness of the people. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, He measured off a 1,000 cubits and then led me through the water that was ankle deep. This isn't a guilt trip. It's just a factual statement. I think we've got a lot of people that you're only ankle deep in this thing. And that's okay because for some of you, you might just be getting started. So you're just kind of dipping your toes, testing out the temperature. But watch, the the thought continues. He measured off another 1,000 cubits. He led me through the water that was knee deep. I think some of you are about knee-deep in this, or if you keep going, the water now is up to your waist. Let me tell you the challenge, though, with being ankle-deep in God or knee-deep in God or waist-deep in God. You ready? Listen to me. Don't miss it. At this part of your spiritual journey, you still have control of your footing. You still have the ability to hold on and to fight against the current or the undertow of the Spirit of God. But watch this. This is where I want us to go in the things of God. We don't do weird, but I'm going all in. I want to be baptizo in the Holy Spirit, completely immersed and submerged. Here's what the Bible says. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the waters had risen and it was deep enough to swim in. That's my heart, is that you go so, so all in with God that you remove those barriers, right? And now you're just swimming with the Lord. It's the the analogy of you've let go and you've let God. Does that make sense? That you've gone all in and you're not fighting against whatever it is that the Lord has for you, but you say, you know what? I'm just gonna move. I love summertime and I love lazy rivers. Come on, somebody. Think about that. Close your eyes for a moment, all the campuses. You're just swimming in this lazy river, fully consumed with the Spirit of God. Not trying to hold on, not trying to control, but you are all in. You're all in. Honor this moment because I feel the Spirit of the Lord here. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now? Come on. What do you hear? That inner voice of the person of the Holy Spirit, is it? For some of you, don't miss today. Give your heart to Jesus. For some of you, sign up for water baptism. Don't miss that next step. For some of you, reposition yourself to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Father, thank you for loving us the way that you do. You equip us with every single thing that we need in order to fulfill the mission and the mandate you've placed on our lives. And I think the reason that I struggle today the way that I do is because of the depthness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But I pray that this conversation would be just enough to get the hearts of your children stirred to learn more, to understand more, to seek you more. And I pray God that there would be a great outpouring of the Spirit of God here in our church God, I don't want to pastor an ankle-deep church. I don't want to pastor a knee-deep church. I don't want to pastor a waist-deep church. I want to pastor a church that's hungry to go all in with you. So baptize us in the Holy Spirit and fill us with a power far greater than our own. And for those that are listening to this message today, whether in this room or online or in Germantown, God, whatever you're saying, Holy Spirit, may may they submit to that next step. So if it's salvation, come on, cry out to God now to forgive you of your sin, to make you a new person, to go all in in this intimate relationship with Jesus. Don't miss that today, come on. If it's to say, now it's time to go public and to declare to the whole world that Jesus is Lord of my life, don't wait. Don't wait. If you can't even wait till April 7th, we'll give you a private dedication with family and friends. Don't wait, it's time to go public though or if it's to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I pray that God would consume you in such a fresh way that you would just let go and swim in the Spirit of God. I trust you, Jesus, that you're moving and you're speaking today. And we give you all the thanks and all the glory. And the church said amen. Come on and give them the highest praise. Can we do that? Come on. Come on, a little bit louder. Come on, declare his goodness. There we go.